Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Been on the speakers. Always like when I'm trying to throw on my right. So I can right hand it instead of leave the bed and always throw left side. Always have it on the right. And yeah, I can do it.
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Praise the Lord. That song was a confirmation of today's sermon because I did not plan to play that song. Did not even remember that song being sung, but when I was preparing the sermon and as we was preparing the worship services, the beginning of the services, but we were just letting the music play song after song in order from the first song that I picked out. And it just so happened by the plan of God that that was the last song that we sung today 
as we prepare for the sermon about counting our blessings. Amen. That is mind-blowing amazing. God never ceases to amaze me, and it's almost every sermon that God confirms. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's exciting. Amen. God is so good to us. That right there is a blessing that we can count and smile about and rejoice and laugh and dance and celebrate because this is awesome. Amen. Praise God. That line in there about that God has given us a fine family, that's not talking about the flesh and blood family, but our spiritual brothers and sisters. Amen. Those that come into agreement with God, His law, His way. Amen. And as crazy as they may be, they are a fine family. Amen. Thanks, God. God is good. God is so good. Amen. And even though I've always loved that song, I love it better now. And we've had to go up on the roof to fix the roof. And we can sing that line of the roof up above me. Because now I know it more than ever before. Now that I've touched it and walked on it. So it's awesome. Thanks, God. We should grow in gratitude as we go through life, as we touch more and more things, as more and more things break, as more and more things need fixing, as more and more trials and situations and life experiences. We should grow in gratitude. Being thankful is not something that goes away. If you're truly thankful, you're thankful. You're a thankful person. It's part of you. It's part of your personality, your character. If you're thankful for the things that God has given you, that should be part of our nature. And if it's not, that can grow in you by coming to know the Lord more because it's automatic. When you know the Lord more, you will automatically be thankful because he's amazing. You automatically grow in being thankful if your mind is on the Lord and not on the trash. Like I said last sermon is, or recently, our brains are literally radio receivers. And you have to tune out the negative things. Of course, we don't, we don't bury our head in the sand either. But we tune out listening to the negative vibes constantly. We have to turn the channel sometimes. Amen. We pay attention to the reality of life, of what's happening, of the bad things in the world. We pay attention to it, and then we change the channel. We put on something else. Look at me and listen to what I'm saying. We change the channel all from what we've already done, where we've already been, and we move forward toward what is occurring right now. And we put our eyes on the finish line and how to get there. It's not all about just looking at the finish line, 
although that has to be done daily. We have got somewhere to go. We've got to be there. And there's a deadline to get there. We have only so much time. You can't doodle, 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 doodle. You can't play and be complacent and unthankful. You have to be energized. You have to have a passion. You have to find a zeal for the Lord, a determination to want to get there. So you have to have your eyes on the finish line, but you also have to work at getting there. And so you have to pay attention to your legs. You have to pay attention to your hands. You have to pay attention to your eyes and your ears where they are. To get there, you have to move your legs. You have to move, you have to walk, you have to run, and you have to pace yourself by taking moments to rest. When you're running a marathon, you will push hard at some parts of the race and then slack down on other parts of the race. You'll go slower in some parts of the day, slower in some parts of the week, slower at some parts, taking time to rest, relax, Turn on a movie, watch a TV, watch a cartoon, read a book, whatever you have to do, even if everybody else points to the finger and says, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't watch this. You shouldn't watch it. You shouldn't read this. You know what you need to relax. It may not be the same thing everybody else needs to relax, but what you need to relax, even if it's watching wrestling or fight club or UFC or boxing or a race or a comedy show on TV or a movie. Different people relax in different ways. And everybody is an individual in the Lord. Amen. But you have to find time to relax and you have to find time to push and you have to find time to work and you have to have the right balance in life. But you have to refocus Every time you switch a gear, it's like riding a bicycle. If you ride it the right way, you don't stay in one gear if you're going up and downhill and if you're going all over the place in different levels of terrain. Then you're going to change the gear for that level of terrain to make it easier for you. You have to refocus. Amen. You don't stay every day the same. Every day is not the same. Every week is not the same. Every month is not the same. There's a day, appointed day, to rest and to worship more than all other days. Amen. Now, every month is the same. The seventh month is more holy than all the other months. Amen. You've got more holy days in it. Amen. You have to refocus, you have to change gears, and you have to say, okay, that part is done and over with, now let's move on to the next part. And now let's pay attention to this, and let's do this. Amen. But through it all, you got to remember that God is blessing you if you are on the walk for the Lord, if you're running the race for the Lord, not a race to get a crown of gold or silver or fame and power and recognition from, from people, that you play the football for the glory of God and not for yourself, not for a little tiny statue, Face of the Giants movie. If, if somebody here has never watched Face of the Giants, make sure you watch that movie as soon as possible. You have to pay money to watch it. Face of the Giants. 
the football coach taught his boys, his young men, to not play the football for their own glory, in which a few years from now nobody will ever remember who won what game. And their fame and their power and, and prestige would disappear. To not play for their own temporary gratification, but to play for the glory of the God. Amen. And even if you don't like football, which I don't, I don't care nothing for, for football whatsoever at all. But that movie is not about football, but rather about serving the Lord. Amen. But if anybody has friends or family that does like football, using that movie as an evangelism tool to witness to them, watching it with them, saying, hey, why don't you come over certain night this week and watch this football movie with me. It's a really good, really great football movie. Come over one night this week and watch it with me. It's a great way to have popcorn, we will have whatever. And it'll be a great evangelism tool. Amen. And watch it with them so you can outlive a little bit. Amen. And so that after the movie is done with, you can talk to them about Christ and how different things in the movie touched you and so forth and remind you of testimonies, things you've experienced in your life. Use it as a teaching tool. Amen. Praise God. God is good to us. Amen. We need to recognize him for his goodness. We need to honor him and worship him and praise him. Lift up his name on high to our family, our friends, to the, to the city, to the nation. Let the name of Jesus be magnified and exalted in all of the earth. When you praise the Lord, Thanksgiving will come. When you praise the Lord, you automatically rejoice and be thankful. Automatically, you cannot separate it. It comes with part of the package. Amen. I love that God is a package deal. Amen. When you see the Lord, and you see joy and peace and all the fruits of the Spirit, and you grow in knowledge and wisdom and understanding and maturity, and discernment, and so many other things. God is the whole package. Amen. He's the whole package and more. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thanksgiving is coming up really soon. And a lot of people say, that Thanksgiving is pagan, but it's not. A lot of people, let's turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5.
A lot of people, what they found out about Christians in Easter, both men of origin of thousands of thousands of years before Christ was even born, Christmas and Easter existed. In fact, in the pagan religions, Queen Easter was known as the fertility goddess that had the symbols of the rabbit, the egg, Easter egg and the rabbit, and the Sunday, Sunday sunrise service, and a Trinity God. All these things were associated with Queen Easter, which was celebrated for thousands of years before Christ was even born. Similarly, Christmas was be celebrated on December the 25th and the 12 days of Christmas throughout the winter solstice as a, as a uh, religious rite of the worship of the heavens, of the sun and the moon, and the, change, and the changing seasons. Here's the birthday of Zeus and so forth. Christmas was celebrated for thousands of years before Christ was even born, including the decoration of the pine tree, sometimes the oak tree. So once people find out the origins of Christians in Easter, then they automatically assume, well, that every holiday must be a paid word. They go to the extreme. A lot of people go to the extremes. And but we need to treat each day uh, separately and do the research on each day. And I have repeatedly throughout my life researched with a wolf in mind to see if I could prove or find any evidence about Thanksgiving. And repeatedly, 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 I have not found any evidence of a pagan origin of Thanksgiving. You can look at just the symbols themselves. The symbols is not pagan. The origin is not pagan. The theme is not pagan. The decorations are not pagan. There's nothing pagan at all about Thanksgiving. It is just simply a day to remember the Lord. It is a day uh, that we give thanks to God for food and anything else that we choose to thank God for. Now, I know that different nations have their own Thanksgiving on different days. Uh, but, uh, and that this is an international ministry. We have actually more members of the ministry in other nations than what we do in America. However, we are based in America, and Thanksgiving is important to the local members here and to myself, being Americans, that Thanksgiving for us is a reminder that God brought the pilgrims to America and gave them food among the Native American Indians, so-called, and provided for them. Uh, and even though many people died of starvation and cold weather and disease, war and Indian attacks and so forth, that there were survivors and that God preserved the new colony. Uh, and many of those pilgrims, first ones, the first ones, were Sabbath keepers that hated Christmas and Easter because they knew 
that they were pagan, they were outlawed the celebration of those days. And they did forbid Christmas and Easter and Halloween. They did keep the Sabbath on Saturday, many of the first ones. And then because of money, they had to embrace the Sunday people coming over as well and eventually lessened the laws and loosened the laws and stuff like that to embrace uh, the Sunday keepers. So they compromised eventually, especially as more and more Sunday keepers came, they uh, were pretty much overtaken, the government overtaken by the human. That's the problem with immigrants. I have no problem with immigrants if they want to come into agreement with the laws already established by God. Then I have no problem with immigrants. Amen. But when you allow immigrants in that have no intention to keep the law that were founded by God, then that is a huge problem. Amen. But Thanksgiving is not pagan. It's a good day for us to remember uh, the, the one virtue out of many, the virtue of giving thanks specifically. It's a good day. It has only good fruit to you. There's no evil fruit to Thanksgiving. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Ephesians 5, verse 20. This is page 209 in our Alpha and Omega Bible, Restoration of the Original Scriptures, page 209, Ephesians 5, verse 10. Always giving thanks for all things in the name or authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to be us, even the Father, or the same as the Father. Another way to translate that. It's saying give thanks for all things. That would include even the small things even the everyday modern things. It doesn't have to be a huge thing to give thanks for it. Amen. A lot of people give thanks to God only when it's something huge. Only when it's worth over a certain amount of money. Only when it's larger than a bread box. Only when it's a huge miracle or a huge event or a huge blessing. But we need to be thankful for the smaller things, the smaller miracles, the smaller than a bread box item, the daily blessings of the Lord. Amen. We need to Bible says to bless the Lord daily. Because He blesses us daily. Amen. He is God every day. Every day of the week, He's still God. Amen. We need to worship daily, raising our hands as we walk through the house, singing and rejoicing and coming out of the store with food or supplies, taking a moment to thank God for the stuff that we just got from the store before we drive away. Amen. As we cut the food up into the shelves, giving thanks for it again because we're truly thankful for it. Amen. That's a better way of a sincerity of heart than bowing your head in a ritual before you eat. Just because that's what you're taught to do, just because that's what you think you must do. It is more sincere 
thanks to thank God for it when you first get it. Amen. Amen. When you first get it, when you first get it and you, you pay for it, you've got it in the car, you're about to ride away with it, to take a moment right then and there to bless your food when you have just got it in the car. That's not a ritual. That's true sincerity of heart. People are too much into rituals. Amen. But give thanks to God for all things, even the one cup of water. Amen. Maybe only water, but you know why? There's a lot of people in Africa that don't have it. Being thankful for the electricity because guess what? There's a lot of people in Africa that don't have the electricity. Being thankful for the wood for the fireplace because there's some people that don't have it. Being thankful for the store that's in town that is the cheapest store of the town where you shop which is definitely where you need to shop. Even rich people should not be shopping at the most expensive store in town, except for, of course, they might have one or two products that are affordable there that you would go and get those items. But to shop at the most expensive store in town for all of your groceries is a waste of money. We should be responsible for our finances. Knowing that that money, if we was to shop at a cheaper store, that money would be better used for the gospel of Christ Jesus, being able to send extra offerings to the Lord financially to help get Bibles to more people and to help the people in need and help the poor and so forth. Certain priorities, being thankful for what we have and being wise with what we spend. Amen. Let's go to Philippians 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, page 213. Can we please order that microphone? I ordered it. Yeah. Probably at my, at my house. You're going to be at my house. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I will sure be thankful for that. Microphone. Okay. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Page 213. There are certain things that we must think upon more than anything else. 
rather than thinking about our own problems and anxieties, everything wrong in our lives, verse 8, everything wrong in our, in our lives, even though we've got to pay attention to certain things in order to fix them, but we focus more on the positive things so that we don't get run down, so that we don't get depressed, so that we don't uh, uh, go so crazy. We have to focus on the positive. It's the only way to live. Amen. Amen. Life is good, actually. And life is what you make out of it. Amen. Focus on these things. The things that are true and honorable. Right and pure and lovely. Good repute, good reputation. Excellency and worthy of praise. Dwell on these things. That word dwell means to stay on these things. You've got to keep your mind on the good things for the most part. For the most part. Amen. The majority of your time should be thinking about good things. The goodness of Scripture, the goodness of the commandments, the goodness of the truth, the goodness of God to show you the truth, to call you, to love you, to choose you for this day and this time, to entrust you with the truth and responsibility in the truth, to entrust you in so many things. God is so good, Amen. worthy of all of our praise. There's a lot to be thankful for. Even if we are poor in the flesh, we are rich in the spirit. There's a lot to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. Sometimes the trials and sufferings of life make us forget all the good things. So as I've said many times before, I'll say it again right now, that it is good to uh, make a journal of blessings. So I have a notebook that the only thing you do with that notebook, that notebook be dedicated to one thing, one thing only, is to write down your blessings and ancient prayers and miracles that occur. That every time God hears answers a prayer, prayer of yours, write it down. Every time he blesses you with something other than your daily things, to write it down. Every time you witness a miracle, which is every week in the commandments, write it down. Because when the bad times come, and they will come, when those bad times come, you can pull out your journal, your book of blessings and miracles. And, and see and be re reminded, hey, just last week, God did this. And it was a miracle. And God let me see it. God let me be part of that. Amen. And, and, and this other day, this other week, God heard my prayer on this. And he is faithful to do so again on other things. Amen. 
God heard me, uh, God answered me on a certain topic, or God taught me something, write it down. To remember the blessings of the Lord. Amen. And maybe sometime or another in your life, let somebody read your journal to see how good God is. Amen. God is good. There's plenty positive things to think about. Sometimes we have to write it down. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Page 220. 220. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Amen. Pray without ceasing, which means in general, praying a lot. It doesn't really mean that you have to pray every second of the day because that's impossible. Impossible. Totally impossible. But rather to pray very often. Amen. Verse 18 In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of Theos for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. And it says, Extinguish not the Spirit. In other words, there's a connection there between extinguishing the Spirit. And not giving thanks. Amen. When you don't give thanks, you do quench the Spirit. Amen. But when you give thanks, you exalt the Spirit of God. Amen. You give thanks as a form of praise. When you give thanks, you lifting up His name on high. Amen. You're glorifying the Lord. You're exalting the Lord in your heart and mind and voice. Amen. When you don't give thanks, you're suppressing, suppressing the Spirit of God. You're limiting and putting a stopper on against God. Because God has done something and He has blessed you and He has provided you. He has done something and then you're not thanking Him for it. You're putting up, you're putting up a stop sign. Amen. There are many people that don't have what they need because they were not thankful for what did God already gave. There are a lot of people that don't have what they need because they did not thank God for what God had already given. Amen. We have to be thankful that we wake up in the mornings that we got a roof over our head, maybe only a tent, or maybe only a tree. But be thankful for what kind of shelter, any kind of shelter that you have. It may be only a cardboard box behind a grocery store. It may just be in someone's basement without them even knowing they're there. Different people are in different situations. But if you have anywhere 
that your land act in peace, then be thankful for it. That moment of peace, that night of sleep, even if you slept only five minutes. Sometimes, quite often, I only sleep 30 minutes out of the night for two or three hours. And I'm still thankful for that. I still thank God for what little bit of sleep I did get. Thank God for it. Because I could have had no sleep. Amen. When I was living in a hotel, even though I wanted a different place, I was still thankful for the hotel, for the comfort of that bed for the roof over my head. Amen. When I was living in a tent, I was thankful for that tent. I actually quite enjoyed living in a tent. It was not oppressive for me. It was not that difficult, although at my older age now, it would be extremely more difficult. But when I lived in a tent, I was very thankful for that. And when I was living in my friend's apartment, even though I still wanted a place of my own, I was still thankful for a place to lay my head, a place to take a shower, a place to sleep at night safely. Amen. So life will throw us different curves and we'll be going to different places and we'll do different things in different stages of our life. But in whatever circumstance that we find ourselves in, in each and every circumstance, find what there is to be thankful for. There's always someone else in a worse situation. Always. And that's helpful always also is to at times think of the fact that there are other people in worse situations. That would also help you to be thankful. Amen. And look at 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6, page 227. Page 1 Timothy 6. Mm-hmm. 
1 Timothy 6, verse 6. But godliness is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Amen. When it is in conjunction, when it is together with contentment, then godliness is a means of great gain. Amen. That's verse 6. Verse 7, for we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. Just be content is sufficient. Amen. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of many kinds of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Seth being the latest example. Amen. It's appropriate, it is, to use Seth as a witness of the truth of God's word, that people have wandered away from the faith of God, the church of God, because they wanted more money, more shoes, more this, more that. And even though shoes would be clothing, he still had a good pair of shoes. And a better uh, or a different type of shoes would have been coming later on if he had stayed faithful. If he had stayed faithful to God and to the ministry and to the minister that God had brought him to, instead of coveting too quickly more merchandise, then he would have been okay but he was coveting to want things immediately, immediate gratification, immediate things, riches and money, and, and doing things his own way, which is a foolish way, harmful way, dangerous way, doing things his own way, rather than being taught how to do things more responsibly, more wisely. More, more carefully, more safe. A lot of people don't want to change. They might like the basis of truth. They might agree with and like the fact that the Bible says we must keep the Sabbath day and the holy days. There's a lot of people that like the truth, but what they don't like is somebody telling them that they need to grow in maturity, responsibility, wisdom, discernment, and other things. So they're only willing to go so far in God. They're only wanting knowledge, only knowledge. 
but not the spirit of God. Amen. We need not just knowledge, but we need the spirit of God, and we need God's direction in our life to walk in wisdom. There's entire books of the Bible talking about wisdom. We must have wisdom, grow in wisdom, exercise wisdom, because without wisdom, we're fools. So a lot of people don't like it that I say that some things are stupid and some people are stupid and some people are fools, but that's the reality of life. If we do not exercise wisdom, but are living a foolish life and, and doing things in a foolish way, the Bible does call us fools. The man that does not believe in God, the Bible says he is a fool. Amen. And Matthew 25, you have the ten virgins, and five of them are wise, and it says that the other five are foolish. The Bible calls it like it is, and that's the way we ought to do it. I always admired in my grandmother that she said it the way it was. She didn't hold back. And I admired that in Mr. Cox, and he was alive also. That was a supporter of the ministry many years ago. He called it the way it was. He just said it straight out. And I admired that very much. And him and people like that, people with that character. And that usually comes with age. That usually is people that are uh, older people, the elders that just say the way it is because they lived long enough in their life to, to learn not to put up with, with crap. As you get older, you get more and more sick and tired of the crap and you just start saying things the way they are and become less and less uh, fearful and, uh, and inhibited about what you're going to say and what people are going to think of. And you just say it the way it is. And I think more people need to be that way. Amen. A lot of people don't want to minister that way. A lot of people do not want a minister, a pastor, to just say it the way it is. They would rather have everything watered down, everything baby-fed to them, very gentle, very loving, loving, cheery, They would rather for me to paint the walls pink rather than for me to boldly preach the unfiltered, uncompromised word of God. Amen. And so they take great offense. A lot of people are not here with us today because they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to submit to authority of God. 
They want they do not want to submit to the authority of the offices of the church that God did appoint and administer and anoint for the people's sake. For the people's sake. Amen. Huge problem. Huge problem. Amen. We need to be thankful. For God's decisions. And the path that God lays for us. Some of the places he takes us, we might not necessarily want to go. We might not want to live in a tent. Or we might not want to live in a hotel. Or we might not want to live in a friend's apartment. Or we might not want to live in a house that you have to fix up and work your ass off day after day after day after day after day. Day and night to try to get it fixed up. But if your heart and mind is in tune to God and you're accepting of anything and everything that He brings, then you say, Thank you. Thank you. This is good. This is good. And I see that you have a plan. And I know that you have given this to me and this is what I need for this time and for this season. And this is what your people need. And I know that you have a plan that is good to prosper us and not to harm us. Your plan is right and good and perfect. And I accept this path. And I accept this gift, this provision. I accept it wholeheartedly. Amen. You take it and you run with it. And you take that desert and you turn it into a garden. The wall of fire as it crossed the Red Sea that column of God's presence was a column of fire and brilliance and light to light the night as they crossed the Red Sea. It was a light of life, a light to see by, to light your path. But to the Egyptians, it was darkness and gloominess and cloudiness at the same time. They viewed it a different way. God's people view everything as a glass half full or overflowing. Amen. But people that don't put the heart and trust in the Lord, they look at everything half empty or completely empty. Not seeing what is good. If that glass is almost completely empty, then thank God you've got a glass. God will put more water in it later if you're thankful for the glass that you have. If it has only a drop of water in it, God can grow it, multiply it, and bless it if you are thankful for that one drop of water that you have. 
has no drops of water at all. If it is dry, then thank God for the glass to put water in because he's going to be bringing it if you're thankful for the glass. Amen. As it says in the movie, Face of the Giants, prepare your field. Prepare your harvest. Prepare your field for the rain. Because God is going to break. Amen. Amen. We're going to have a whole lot more brothers and sisters. Soon, they're on the way. They are on the way. God has a path for them. God is providing a way for his church. God is faithful. God has a plan. It is written in the scriptures and it will be fulfilled. This church will grow beyond your wildest imagination. And you brothers and sisters that are alone, it won't be for much longer. Because as the prophecies of the Lord are fulfilled, people are going to wake up and people are going to repent. It doesn't take much faith for a person to wake up and repent once they see the fulfillment of giant, huge, major, important prophecies. Even a fool can wake up and repent when they see such huge, major, specific, important prophecies repeated. Even a fool could wake up to reality. It doesn't necessarily mean that we will embrace them. Maybe we will, maybe we won't embrace them. Every individual is different, and we'll have to deal with each and every individual separately. So I want you all to stop asking me whether we need to embrace them or not embrace them, because the reality is. It's going to have to be judged individually. Some of those people that repent in the last 30 days, yes, we will embrace. And other ones we won't. It is the Holy Ghost that must lead you individually. Because I'm not there and I'm not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will lead you for each person at that time. Trust him for it. Don't think that he won't. He will. He will lead you at that time. When you come to that crossroads, he will give you the direction. He will give you the information that you need. He will give you the discernment. He will help you make that decision if you are seeking him, knowing him, and in tune to him. Amen. Be obedient to the Lord. Be thankful to the Lord. Trust Him. Have faith in Him. And He will lead you in those decisions, in those times of difficulty. He will lead you in all things. It doesn't have to be lightning and thunder. 
but just a still, small voice. Amen. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Yes. But yes, you can trust the other guy. Yeah. Trust him. Trust her. But do not trust this other one. God will cut the words in your mind and in your heart, and you will know. You will know. Amen. So don't worry, you little head, about things like that right now. When the path comes, when the junction in the road comes, he will give you the direction. Worry about today. Amen. Well, let's see how much time we got left. November 13th. So December, January, February, March. With four months and five days from now, will be the strong version. Four months and five days until the abomination of desolation, the opening of the fifth seal on St. Patrick's Day. Is it 17th or 18th? 17th. So four months, four days. March 17th, 2022. And we have no doubt, there's no ifs, ors, or guts about it. We have no doubt. God has even confirmed the year of his return, 2025, being 40 to 41 and a half days after the Day of Atonement of that year. He's even confirmed that. So he's confirmed the entire timeline by doing so again. I'm not fearful of these days that are to come because all things must be fulfilled as part of God's plan and his faith. He knows what he's doing. I'm not afraid of these upcoming dates. They do not cause me to be over-anxious at all. At all. I'm not worried about it. But yes, I'm going to buy more toilet paper or I'm going to buy this or that. Absolutely, because that's wise, but that doesn't mean I'm shaking in my boots. It just means we've got to stop the ark. We've got to stop the ark. There's a deadline coming. And it's okay. It's okay. We need to move, move with urgency. And some of you, some of you should not uh, move. Some of you are appointed to die for Christ Jesus. Some of you are appointed to be captured, give witness, to testify to the guards, to tell the guards that you knew the invasion was coming. That's going to be a testimony to tell them what the scriptures said and how you knew it and stuff. But you have to be careful about what you say. Guard your mouth. It is God that taught you, not me. It is God that shows you the truth and about the invasions ahead of time and not me. I'm just delivering the mail. I'm just dropping the mail off in the mailbox. But it is God that sent the letter. 
It is God that sent the package. It is God that revealed and taught the truth. We tell them that it was God. Amen. Tell them that you understand that they've got children back at home in Russia, China, Syria, Iran. But they've got friends, family, wives, and children back over in their homeland. And that God loves them. God loves them. And that God could have sent them to any part of the nation, but they sent them to your part of the nation. That God sent that particular soldier to your neighborhood so that you could witness to him. Amen. And do not blame them for the invasion because they're just following orders. They're just following orders. And God, God is righteous to have brought them into your nation, to punish your nation, because your nation needed the punishment. These people are come, going to come into your nation as ministers of the Lord, punish the wicked. The Russian, Chinese, Syrian, Iranian, and Latino soldiers would be brought into the American allied nations and America and Israel because it's time for us to get our spanking. And they come as ministers of the Lord. So let them know that they are righteous to invade and punish this wayward nation. That you are on their side as far as that goes, but you do not agree with communism, that you do not agree with worshiping Assad, you will not bow to Assad, you will not deny the name of Jesus, you will not deny the Ten Commandments. And you will not work on the seventh day, even if you become a slave or a captive. You will not work on the seventh day. God's holy days. But that you respect them and know that they have family back at home that you're going to pray for. Now. God has prepared us for the invasion. Some will be taken captive and some will be able to be sheltered in places of safety. And others must die for the glory of God and they continue to testify on the deathbed of the goodness of God. And accuracy of scripture. Amen. Whatever your 
whatever you are appointed for, for that day and time. Embrace it with thanksgiving. Embrace it because it's God's plan. Embrace it because however, whatever happens, you give glory to God in all circumstances. Give glory to God and rejoice that you're going to that we only got four years left at this at this juncture, less than four years at this juncture, or something like that, uh, until the kingdom of God will come into this earth more so, and we will be reconciled unto God to His law as a the real justice system um, to your nation and to the world. All these things must be fulfilled, and we're thankful. They are being fulfilled in front of our eyes. Be thankful that God chose you to live in this day and in this time, exciting, exciting times, interesting times, and important times. God could have cut you back in a different century, but he chose you for this century, for this time, and that is a high call. That is a very high call to be chosen for this time, for this time in history is mind-blowing, amazing, wonderfulness of God. I'm chasing you for this day and this time. Amen. God is so good. So, Americans, prepare for Thanksgiving for November 25th. And Let's be thankful every day. Give God the glory in all things. Brother, we've got anything to share? Anybody on the internet want to type anything into the chat room? Any testimonies, any questions about the topic or anything that I've said? I'm so very grateful that after my bike broke, and it's still broken partly. Well, I, I needed a specific tool to fix to remove the gear sprocket. Yeah. One of several specific tools, and they're all pretty expensive. I found one line inside of the road. Amen. Amen. Continue to be thankful yes, for what God has given you, brought you. He has found exactly what he needed to help fix his bicycle. found on the side of the road. And like I've said many times, by finding things on the side of the road that God gives us, you should be walking on the side of the road. It's good for you. Get out and walk. Move those bones. It's good for you. Get some sunshine and fresh air if it is allowed in your community. Then get out there and do it. Amen. You may just find something on the side of the road, that God will bless you with. Amen. Praise God. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for where we are right now in your plan. Thank you that you saw it again from the beginning, that you have a plan for us, each one of us individually. Thank you, Lord, for today's message and for your miracle revelations and teachings that you're guiding us with. Thank you, Lord, for ministering unto us, helping us. Thank you, Lord, for being our master 
our King, our God, for loving us, choosing us for this day and this time. Please help us to be thankful for all things and in all circumstances. Help us to rejoice and be good witnesses to the world. Help us to be good witnesses to the lost. Help us to exalt your name among all nations throughout the world. Help us to lift your name up on high and to tell the people of your goodness. Just help us with each one of us with our individual evangelism, witnessing to family and friends and people we come in contact with. Please help us speak with boldness, courage, and excitement. Please help us to speak in love, but with boldness. Please help us, Lord. I know that you will. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all things. Thank you for our brothers and our sisters. Amen. Praise God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen, brother. There's too many blessings to literally count. Too many. Amen. The blessings are overflowing. Our cup is full and overflowing. Amen. The Bible says to give God his tithes and offerings, and he will open up the windows of heaven so much that we cannot even pretend. And it's very, very, very true. And that doesn't mean you'll always have enough money. But it does mean that God has many ways to bless. And you will definitely be blessed in great abundance. Depart your heart and mind and obedience upon the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Now I have so many blessings and miracles and stuff that I can't even write them all down. Because I'd just be writing constantly, all the time. If I wrote down every little thing, but I do need to start writing more and down again. Right now, things are difficult. I don't have all my work materials. I don't have all my desk set up. I don't have my office set up yet. Things are difficult and unorganized. The things are going to get better over the next few days. Amen. Praise God. Things are moving along, getting things fixed up. Praise God. Okay, I'll let y'all go. Some of you, I know it's like three, four, five o'clock in the morning, so I'll let you go. Thank you for listening. And may God bless you all in amazing ways. Amen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.